If you have your Bibles and want to turn there, we are continuing in the book of Ruth this morning. We're, we're getting to where we're going to be done with it um, just next week, not this week. It's in the Old Testament. In our English Bibles, it's after the book of Judges. It's a little book in the Old Testament. And so for many of us, I, and I, I've even had this as we've talked around the body, we wonder why, why it's even here. You know, if you've seen it, it's just kind of a bewildering story with some aspects we don't understand, or even an Old Testament romance in some senses. I hope that changes starting today. Because, because it's amazing to me that like Ruth, who's somewhat insignificant, somewhat unknown, but when you get what's going on, a huge, amazing important piece of understanding God's heart towards us today. Because here's the universal thousands-year-old proposition that every single person that I know of lives under, deep inside. Obey and be blessed. Disobey and be cursed. I called it karmic, but, but, but it's also law-based, right? It's, it's in the... the Israelites back in the day had it in spades because God himself gave them a list of instructions by which they were to live. And that's the basis by which you started to see all of life, you know, a carrot and a stick. We're we're the same. I know it in my heart when I've done something that isn't quite right or when I've gone astray and my, I say, oh no, I, I think, well, what I need to do if, if, is make it right or I need to be better and then God will bless me. And so this little Ruth becomes really critical because the message couched in a soft story about this interaction in a marriage, it, it, it carries a weight for you and me. It changed these people's lives and it will change your life. It's incredible. Initially, it doesn't seem so. I mean, the main example, I mean, character is a great example, right, of this sort of karmic idea. Because she, with her husband, her name is Pleasant, she goes down away from the house of bread in Bethlehem, away from where Jesus will come, and she leaves the promised land to go to Moab, searching for food, so it's, it makes sense to me that, that, that that's a, not a, a very good thing to do, and, and she's cursed. She sees it that way. Her husband dies. Her two kids die. They must have had some hint, right? I mean, come on. Sickly and pining, and they're dead. And she eventually comes back, right? She was named Pleasant, but she comes home, and she says, call me Bitter. My husband's dead. My sons are dead. Just me and my foreign daughter-in-law are here. God has been harsh to me. That's her perspective. But he hasn't. And we saw last week, it just took one day, right? Because, Because she was back in Bethlehem. God's house of bread. Huge ramifications for us, right? But last week, we, we, we saw that, how Naomi found favor. And it wasn't through her soft heart. It wasn't through her hard work. It was through this other character, the foreigner. The sort of nobody who was pledging loyalty supernaturally to her. But, 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 but her pathway, Ruth experienced amazing favor upon favor upon favor. And that spilled over to Naomi. 
undeserved, unearned, just blessed. And, and so this introduction we had last week of this older, wealthy, worthy man, Boaz, and last week it was finding favor more and more, and this week we see the height of what that favor really is, and we start to think about what it might mean for you and me and God. And so today, we're thinking about what it means to be redeemed. Redeemed. And this redemption, there's a plan, there's a hope, there was a response, there's a result for redemption. We're going to run through it pretty quickly, but we'll pause to think it through at the end. So stay with me in the story. It's a story. You know, sometimes these stories, it's a narrative, so you're supposed to feel it more. You're supposed to taste it more. It's not just a proposition. It's it's what's going on and the the hearts and the pieces. So we'll try and do that, but try and enter in to this incredible story that God has placed in the Bible for you and me. Okay, this is chapter 3. We'll start with verse 1. Here it goes. There's a plan. So Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to Ruth, My daughter... Should I not seek rest for you, that it may be well with you? So if you're just coming in to the story, then, then, but if you're with us, either way, you know that Naomi has been blessed because Ruth has found favor with this particular relative of Naomi's who has a field and, and, and is somewhat of a wealthy farmer, and she's been gleaning behind him the whole season. They have found bread, food. But their position's kind of precarious. I mean, they don't have a future. They don't have anything next year. What might happen tomorrow? So Naomi's like, "Uh, we got to make a plan. Isn't it right that I should help you? I want that for you, for Ruth, that you would have a future. So so I've got a plan, she says. Here's the plan. Is not Boaz our relative? With whose young women you were? See, he's winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Wash, therefore, and anoint yourself and put on your cloak and go down to the threshing floor, but do not make yourself known to the man until he's finished eating and drinking. But when he lies down, observe the place where he lies. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down, and he will tell you what to do. What in the world? This is the great plan? I mean, do you hear what Naomi's upstanding plan? By the way, this is in the Hebrew language, super ambiguous. You can take each of these phrases about three or four different ways, and it's, it's there on purpose. It emphasizes that this is sketchy. Here, Boaz is working late. He'll be eating and drinking. So you know, check out where he lies down. You know, he'd lie down near the pile of harvested grain. They, they thresh it out, and so he's got to guard it. So, so, so he'd be lying down there to protect it. And when he's down there, you go uncover his feet and lie down next to him. He'll tell you what to do. What? If you're like, there's some subject, suggestivity going on here, pastor, yeah, you're right. Naomi's trying to get Ruth in there with this relative, and the way to do it is to put her alone with this man in the dead of night after he's been imbibing a few. God won't bless that. Will he? That's not the way it works. Naomi's trying to get Ruth there, and, 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 and what's going to happen? Well, at first, Ruth, incredible, loyal, amazing Ruth says okay 
who says, all that you say, I'll do. It's tempting to see her like Naomi. She's not. They're very different characters. We'll see. So she replied that. Well, okay then. And so she went down to the threshing floor. So yes, she went down to the threshing floor, and she did just as her mother-in-law had commanded her. She's following this crazy plan to, to, to get with Boaz alone in the middle of the night. When Boaz had eaten and drunk, and his heart was merry, <laughs> he went down to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. And so she came softly, and she uncovered his feet and lay down. So most commentators don't see anything symbolic about the feet. Like, what? Some symbol? No. They mostly say what's happening is, you know, it's going to be cold at night. You uncover his feet. is eventually going to wake up. It's like instead of being a warm, cozy foot thing you got over yourself, now, now you've got coldness. And so, and so that's actually what happens. At midnight, the man was startled, and he turned over. And behold, a woman lay at his feet. Midnight, Mary... And a woman is there. You know what to expect. If you're a real reader, this Naomi's suggestion, the man will tell you what to do. I wonder what that might be. It's totally Naomi's plan. And it slanted her way. But all of a sudden, all of a sudden, something goes differently. There's, there, there's a hope. What is it? Here it is in the midst of Naomi's plan. He says, who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. Well, those, those weren't the words. Naomi didn't say, yeah, Ruth says something, and it's incredible. It's a really big deal. I'm Ruth. I'm the one you've been kind to. I, I, you, you heaped me with favor. We've been very, very grateful. And, and Naomi didn't say this to say, but this is what I hope for, that you would spread your wings over your servant, provide a covering for me. May I come under your shelter. Why? Why would you do that? Because you're a redeemer. And she uses a word that's not familiar to our ears. Maybe it is because we're Christians. We know redeemer, redeemer, Jesus is our redeemer. But, but, but not then. It, it, it means something specific. A ga'el is the Hebrew word. It's a redeemer. A, you serve a certain function for, for, for who? Why for Naomi? It's amazing. It's obvious at the time as you read the text that redeeming wasn't something that actually required thing. They, or they would have just walked up in the middle of the day and knocked on the door and said, Hey, Boaz, you're a distant relative of ours. Would you function as a redeemer for us? And this whole sort of dead of night, slightly suggestive scene wouldn't even be here. What Ruth asked him for is to be a kinsman redeemer. Someone who would ensure the line of Elimelech, Naomi's husband. That, that sickly and pining would have a line through Ruth. 
that, that he, Boaz, would take Elimelech's portion in the land and produce an heir, not for himself, but for Elimelech. She's asking for this, but she's also alone in the middle of the night with him. And, and, and what redemption could look for, we're going to see in a minute, could look for just buying the land and giving them some money. And, 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 and that, would be, that would be it, right? A real estate deal. And then casting them aside. So she's really asking for this amazing mercy from this man. Do, do you see it? An amazing ask for Naomi. Not at all coming through Naomi. Not her attitude, not her character, not her great plan, nothing. It's the actual heart and character of Ruth asking for Naomi. And then asking it of this other man who has character and power, but isn't at all like Naomi. But what we shift to him. Think about this with me. We see a response. We see a response. This is verse 10. He says, may you be blessed by Yahweh, my daughter. You have made this last kindness greater than the first in that you have not gone after young men, whether poor or rich. What an amazingly kind response. This last kindness, he's referring to something. What is he referring to? He's referring to Ruth, who had a first kindness, in which she said to her mother-in-law, I will not leave you. I will be with you. I will not forsake you. And then she comes and leaves her family and her land, and she's joined herself to Naomi, and Boaz has seen it. He thinks, that's cool. You're amazing, Ruth. Not in a romantic way. And then here's the last kindness. You didn't have to help Naomi. You could have gone after your own young man. Instead, here you are talking to me about continuing a line for her. Wow. And I see it. Boaz is like, Ruth, foreigner, you're very kind. You haven't sought your own success. You're going after a young man. Here you are with me helping Naomi. And so he says, and now, daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all you ask. For all my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. Ruth is. And now it is true that I am a redeemer. Yet there is a redeemer nearer than I. Wait, what? How come you don't know this? Why did you go to that field? There's a redeemer that's closer? Yeah, there's a closer relative, Ruth. So he says, remain tonight and in the morning. If he will redeem you, good. Let him do it. But if he's not willing to redeem you, then as Yahweh lives, I will redeem you. Lie down until morning. Okay, and again, I, but I like a good romance like anybody. This isn't it, right? If what he's saying is, oh, you know what? Yeah, oh, yes. Oh, I like Batman. But there's somebody who's closer. And if they'll go ahead and marry you in order to bless Naomi, great. What? No, say we got we to plan out so this won't happen, so we can do it so it doesn't happen. No, he's actually saying if what you're asking for is the blessing of Naomi, and you're, that's amazing ask from you. You could run off with your own and find some romantic interlude with some young man. Instead, you're saying, bless Naomi. I'm blown away. I will do this for you. 
But if there's somebody else who's going to do it, wow, maybe someone else will fulfill it too. Obviously, he's uh, not taken by her womanly charms. <laughs> he's taken by the amazing, of, amazing wonder that she's wanting something almost supernatural. She's wanting Naomi to be taken care of. Super cool. So she lay down at his feet until morning, but she arose before one, anyone could recognize another. And he said, let, let it not be known that a woman came on the threshing floor. Yeah, this lets you know that it wasn't like a kosher thing to do. It's like, oh yeah. <laughs> I think it's a good idea that you not be seen alone with me in the middle of the night. I've been, you know, maybe imbibing and maybe not. Maybe just a merry heart. And there you were with me alone. Let's not do that. Let's try and protect her. So he says, bring the garment that you're wearing, hold it out. So she held it and he measured out six measures of barley and he put it on her. It's another 30 pounds of stuff. And she went into the city. And so when Ruth came to her mother-in-law, Naomi said, hey, how did you fare, my daughter? How'd our plan go? And what's in, she's thinking. Okay, let's see. How did it go? So she told her all the man had done for her, saying, these six measures of barley he gave to me, for he said to me, you may not, must not go back empty-handed to your mother-in-law. Some people try to read into the idea of six. It's not quite complete, like, oh, hey, we're, this is a sort of a pledge. I'm going to try and help you, but it might be. But certainly it's just a sign of favor. He's not rejecting the idea that he's going to try and help them, just maybe not in the way Naomi is thinking. We don't know. So, Naomi says, wait, my daughter, until you learn how the matter turns out, for the man will not rest, but will settle the matter today. I think he's got you, but let's see what happens. Yeah, there's a result. Let's look at it. Just a little bit of chapter four. We'll do about half of it and then save the rest for next week. But now Boaz went up to the gate and he sat down. And behold, the Redeemer, of whom Boaz had spoken, came by. So Boaz said, turn aside, friend, sit down here. And he turned aside and he sat down and he took 10 men of the elders of the city and said, sit down here. And so they sat down. He's getting it set up, right? There's this setup as chapter four starts of of, of Boaz. and, And now we're two people removed from Naomi. You've got Ruth who appealed to Boaz to help Naomi. And, and you've got Boaz now who's acting on behalf of Ruth, but who also is helping Naomi. He's ordering things. So no matter what, what happens, Naomi's taken care of, no matter what. Because he says to the Redeemer, this unnamed, in fact, the Hebrew you could translate Mr. So-and-so, doesn't get a name. He says to the Redeemer, Naomi, who has come back from the country of Moab, is selling the parcel of land that belonged to our relative Elimelech. So I thought I would tell you of it and say, buy it in the presence of those sitting here, the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, redeem it. But if you will not, tell me that I may know, for there's no one besides you to redeem it, and I come after you. So he, he, he makes it, right? Make sure everybody's hearing it. This is going to be above the board. This is going to be a clean thing. This is going to be an amazing thing that, that, that's going to happen. And I'm telling you, there's this land. And what happened was God gave everybody 
pieces of land as all the tribes, each individual family got a piece of land from God in the promised land. And yet when that, that land, the person died and had no heirs, then you could take that land and somebody else would use it. So someone needs to redeem the land. It's a cool real estate deal. And this redeemer there's thinking, I'll add it to my estate. So he says, I will redeem it. Sure. I like that idea. Fabulous. But then Boaz says, the day you buy the field from the hand of Naomi, you also acquire the foreigner, Ruth, the Moabite, the widow of the dead, in order to perpetuate the name of the dead in his inheritance. Okay, this sounds real sketch to me. But it wasn't at the time. This is how they did it. This is the idea, right? You'll need to hold the land for a child that you need to father with Ruth the foreigner, and it won't be someone who's in your line. So the land you buy won't go to your kids. It's going to go to the kid of whoever, the child that you're going to have with, with Naomi's line so that Naomi gets a line. Huge deal in their heads. Huge deal that you would not be, this is your progeny, this is your line, this is the blessing you have, is to have a succession for you your name goes on why because you had kids yeah whoa 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 that's a whole nother deal says the guy real estate deal got it i just added to me but now i have to like have a child to pad that land and it's going to mess up my whole family thing myself no 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 i don't think so i cannot redeem it for myself says this close redeemer lest i impair my own inheritance take my right of redemption yourself for i cannot redeem it it's too complicating so mr so-and-so says no i'm not interested in that but we know who is the one who's pledged that he is boaz so, so this was a custom in former times in Israel concerning redeeming and exchanging. To confirm a transaction, one drew off his sandal and he gave it to the other. This was the manner of attesting in Israel. This is a weird custom. I don't see it catching on. You go into the, the, the you know, you know walk-in title or something. <laughs> Here's my sandal. <laughs> but that's what they did. It's just, uh, just make sure we know this is a long time ago and they had different traditions and those things and that's what they were doing. And, and there it is. So when the Redeemer said to Boaz, buy it for yourself, he drew off his sandal. And so then Boaz says to the elders and to all the people, your witnesses this day that I have bought from the hand of Naomi all that belonged to Elimelech and all that belonged to Chilion and to Malon. What's the deal? It is clean. It is official. It is not middle of the night stuff. It is in front of everybody. What have I done? Naomi will have a line. I have acquired. I've redeemed. They are mine. And every, in everybody's eyes and all the elders gathered and all the people gathered and everyone who will see, it's, it's this, right? I am redeeming them. So all of a sudden... You guys, there's a future and a hope and a plan 
and a promise and a way that Naomi, the one who has not been kind or great or strong or wise, is what? Being redeemed through the kindness and character of other people. Ruth, right? This foreigner who supernaturally has loyalty towards her and Boaz who supernaturally has kindness towards her. This is the story. Redeemed. Redeemed. By the worthy one. By the kinsman redeemer. Through a nobody, a foreign Moabite. For Naomi, a loser and unworthy in the sort of karmic legal framework that we all function under. That's the deal. This is the story. We actually aren't quite done yet. There's one more earth-shattering kaboom to be discussing, but we got to do it next week. It's too much. But for today, focus in with me for a minute on this idea of being redeemed. Will you? Because, because consider how this changes your life and my life. What do you mean? You, you say, you know, my life's not a romance. I, I try and be worthy like Boaz or a woman of character like Ruth. That's fine. But no. What do you mean no? We'll start to see. Your hope is outside of you. Your deliverance is through a means that you start out not even valuing and you can't really even understand. You and I, we're not Ruth or Bo- We're Naomi. It's like Paul, right? He sees the results of the law. He sees the results of God's beautiful, perfect, amazing instructions of obey. This is my instructions for your life and it's good. And then he ends up in Romans 7. Who wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? And some of the translations say body of sin and death. Why? Because we do the sin. We break the law. The law accused. You today sit in a place where if I fine-tooth combed your life, I would find lots. Yeah, I'm looking at you. And you say, Swanson, just look at the mirror. That's enough. I said, you're right. Wretched man that I am who will save me from this body of death. And what I think the answer is going to be is I'm going to clean it up. I will save myself from this body of death by by not being a person who doesn't do the law, by proving myself to you, by making me myself into a strong person who is moral and good and does these things. And here comes Ruth. Should I say here comes Naomi? Because that's the story, right? There are different avenues we think will save us. These no-name paths of redemption, these unnamed and unsuccessful and after money or standing or advantage, but strangely and wonderfully and amazingly, there is a redeemer. And it is through something we hardly understand, like a Ruth, that somehow someone's loyal to us. It seems like nobody, but actually died on a criminal's cross that you and I would live And then there's a redeemer for you and me who cannot and have not kept the laws laudatory as you fail in all of our schemes. And eventually, if we're honest, we butt up against the bitterness of our own failures and unexpectedly, this little thing. But then there's the actual shining redeemer who says, yeah, I got you. Not through our planning, not through our character, through the character of someone else, through the faithfulness of another, 
There is a redeemer of you. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We read it earlier, didn't we? He has become our redemption. That's why we never say the law is bad. I serve the law of God with my mind. I acknowledge his amazing goodness. I, 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 I love his ways. They just are evidence of my failure. Because with my flesh, I serve the law of sin. I fight it. You fight it. And then you fall again. What do you need? What a half. A redeemer. That's the message of this little book in the Old Testament. Nestled among the failure of Israel to keep the law, the judgment of their disobedience, the consequences they all had. And in the midst, here's the news. You wouldn't know if you didn't read the book. You have a redeemer His heart is bent towards you. He works in ways you cannot plan and provides not on the basis of your good planning, but on his, and you can trust him. He works on your behalf, not distantly, but presently. So when your own plans let you down, oh, the goal is not to plan better. It is to open your eyes to the gift of Christ for you. To trust in his unfailing love. To never give up because he never gives up on you. To know that you're steady and secure because his redemption is sure and his promise is for you forever. That's the gospel. He's working amazingly in your life, probably in ways you don't even value. But I know for certain that he is. Hey, Ruth isn't even over. We'll do more next week with one more amazing, heart-opening assurance that our God never lets us go. Let's pray. Lord, thanks for all that you have done for us. Lord, we confess we don't see it. We want you to do certain things in our lives. Lord, we fail over and over. How we come back to your cross. We're so grateful for your redemption and your life and your hope and the future that you promise us. And Lord, help us as a body together today that we might link arms to encourage each other that you do not let us go, that you will have us forever, that you are the savior of the lost, the restorer of the hopeless, the lifter of heads. Thank you for what you have done for us and are doing and what you will do as you promise. In your precious name, amen.